Guess who's back? It's your 26th favorite podcast. Your 12th favorite pastor of Puerto Rican descent that's preached in Dublin, Ireland. If you know 12 other Puerto Ricans that are bivocational pastors and that preached in Ireland, holler at your boy. But yeah, I'm your 12th favorite. January was a busy month. Sorry I left y'all hanging. I got love for y'all, but I was at capacity. All right? I was at capacity. What was that thing they were doing on Twitter with the empathy template? I forgot. It was like this empathy template where they were like, I'm at capacity. I can't help you. But January was busy. It was the whole attack on the embassy. It was the World War III memes. It was the Australian fires, the Puerto Rican earth, Puerto Rico earth, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rico earthquakes, Jamaican earthquakes, impeachment, Astros got caught cheating, Megxit, Brexit, Taiwanese and Croatian elections, coronavirus, uh, R.I.P. Kobe and Gigi, Air Force One, well not Air Force One, but um, kind of like a special Air Force satellite jet crashing in Afghanistan. It was a busy, busy, busy month. And uh, we got through it. January was like 174 days long. We got through it. And now we're here in February. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Like I told, well, I didn't, I kind of said the Ravens. But then when I saw the Ravens loss, then I said the Chiefs. Um, it is a busy, busy time for everybody. Uh, winter forgot to come to New York, but I'm not complaining. I wish it would have been like this when I used to have to shovel. Now I don't have to shovel. It don't snow. Kind of, what part of the game is that? But I just want to encourage you guys to stay encouraged. Uh, I know some people have a seasonal affective disorder where when there's not enough sunlight, uh, it affects bio, you know, their biochemistry and their moods. Uh, people are recovering from the holidays. People are getting, oh, that's my check. That's my food. Hold up a second, beloved. Let me press pause. I'm back and back and back again. I'm back again for the back again. So, yeah. So, I just wanted to remind you guys, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. I want to encourage you. Uh, if you're dealing with some issues, uh, get get a therapist. Uh, if you're part of a community of faith, go to a small group, stay connected. There's protection and connection. Um, don't hide for your family. You know, if you got beef with people in your family, work that out, beloved. Life is too short to be beefing. You know what I mean? Uh, gotta be emotional vegetarians, <laughs> but you gotta like understand that life is a gift and we can't let What's going on with the bombarded impeachment and Nancy Pelosi and Trump and and all this stuff uh, intimidate us from flour- flourishing? You know, we have to allow our faith to help shift the circumstances surrounding our existence and learn to enjoy the little things and learn to embrace the power of community, the power of prayer, uh, trusting God and uh, learning to be more like more Christ-like in our behavior. And, uh, and realizing that that stuff happens in seasons and cycles and not having par- uh, analysis paralysis, but focusing on, you know, making small changes and 
starting a revolution of kindness and understanding that the enemy, you know, there's a malefic force, a demonic force that wants you sad, bad, glad, you know, tapping into uh, unhealthy emotions, right? And that's why it's good to look at a mood chart once in a while and decide to live by divine design and not emotional default, right? And knowing what are your triggers that bring you joy, your triggers that bring you contentment, the triggers that uh, make you think about, to, to operate from a space of humility, hunger for God, happiness, and good physical and emotional health, right? So yeah, that's just my intro. I just wanted to say, what's up? We're going to do the sermon recap. We're going to do the New York Jets report uh, and some other stuff. All right. So first, I got to take a break because I'm practicing my special TikTok dance. Now it's time for, wait, you like my dance? Oh, you didn't see it? You don't follow me on TikTok? That's your problem. No, I don't have a TikTok, just bugging. Um, now it's time for the sermon recap. Last Sunday, I spoke a partially boring sermon, and partially good. Uh, I could have done better. I heard, I, I heard the, the sermon, you know, it's like when you used to play football back in the days. And you think you lift that guy up, and then you see the tape, and you guys just bumped into each other. Um, so, but yeah, so I talked about good questions lead to great faith, and I opened up with a text scripture that I mistakenly expounded on too much. It was supposed to be like a launching pad scripture, but you know, you know how preachers do, right? And so it was on Genesis chapter three, verse one, and then we skipped down to verse nine. I talked about with the serpent. The first question, the devil, and the first question God uh, said, recorded in the Bible, kind of like, so it said the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Then we skip down to verse nine, and then God called to man, where are you? And I talked about those two questions showed the nature of Satan and God. And Satan was trying to plant doubt in the goodness of God. And um, Adam may have done a not so great job in transmitting God's truths to Eve and how bad teaching pe- lead people astray. And that, you know, because the way Eve quoted um, about not touching or not even looking at the fruit, or, and it was not exactly what God told Adam, but. I don't want to get into the whole thing, but we're not called to outsmart and have a dialogue with the devil, but to stand firm in Christ and rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. Uh, and I talked about how God knew geographic, you know, GSP, GPS-wise where Adam and Eve was, but he wanted to know like how they got into that, that, that emotional, mental state that they were in. Um, and so then I talked about Voltaire said, judge a man by his questions, rather his answers. 
Tony Roberts says quality questions create a quality life. Successful people ask better questions, and as a result, they get better answer. And then in my intro, I was talking about how energy flows, where attention goes. Great questions help us refocus and redirect our energy towards things that matter. And then I went into a whole etymology of the word, not etymology, but the visual look at the word questions and how the word quest is in the word questions uh, and how the questions we ask when we read the Bible largely determine how we apply and understand the Bible. And it's good to read the Bible with like first century eyes and 21st century questions. And so the in the big ideas, the main questions I was talking about is when Jesus, the question number one is who is Jesus to you? And the Bible, um, Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say the son of man is? And, and that was in Matthew 16, 13 through 17. And I talked about that, that question. People still ask that question, right? That Jesus is not, you know, for me, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And Jesus is not my guru, my genie, or my political figurehead. And these questions like that uh, intrinsically helps me understand where I stand, what do I savor, and how well do I submit. Then the second question was uh, talk surrounding Will you press in for your healing and wholeness? And in Mark chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said, Who touched my clothes? And your pastor preached about that real good, right? The woman with the issue of blood. He's probably yelling, ah, ah, and preaching and singing. Um, I'm not as clever as your pastor, but I gave the whole thing about how Jesus was on the way to heal Jairus' daughter, and God could do two two things at the same time. And... um, you know, and gave the context of the woman with the issue of blood and how she used all her money and, you know, people use self-help and therapy and all that stuff is good, but the foundational catalytic cause of change in my life, at least, uh, it was is something Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and living by the indwelling life of the Holy Spirit and studying the Word of God. And, you know, and I talked about really quickly that uh, him and his garment, like she said to herself and the importance of self-talk. Uh, we got to talk to ourselves nicely. <laughs> and she said to herself and how, you know, she had inward faith and inward self-talk that led to outward action because she was kind of socially ostracized. So to be in the crowd like that wasn't easy for her. And she was trying to reach like the bottom of his garment where there was like tassels and there was like Levitical and rabbinical implications uh, around those tassels that I don't want to talk to you about because I'm sure you already know. And um, Jesus told her her faith made her well. And then the third question, and I, I, I can get into that all day, but the third question was, um, don't worry or be surrounding about not worrying or be materialistic. And Jesus, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 28, says, can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan why are you anxious about clothes? And the big idea around that point was like worship while you work more than you worry. And we give worry a bad rap and worry could be a good tool. Worry is like a cue and clue that there was like a gap in your planning or your, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? planning or application or steps you take in sequence and worry worry is good 
where we could view like a good brainstorming session. You know, it's good to put term limits on your tears and give yourself a few moments to worry. And, you know, you may sometimes worrying makes you uh, think about something and, and, and makes you creative. That's what I'm doing. Worrying should, good worrying, productive worrying should be make you creative, should make you resourceful, and should make you tap into your resources and your network. And I broke down the scripture. I'm not going to do all that. Let me see. Jesus did tell us not to worry or have anxiety, but to replace it with a relationship with Christ and putting the mission as a priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right standing with God. The kingdom of God is the king's dominion, uh, having a kingdom mindset and God's way of doing things. So, yeah. And then next week, I'm going to talk about um, some other questions Jesus asked And we're going to look at that. So that's the sermon recap for today, episode 12. I didn't even say welcome. Welcome to the Mad Random Podcast, episode 12. All right, let's take a break. I'm going to eat this food. Now it's time for the New York Jets report. Unfortunately, the Jets have like a 40-week bye. Um... But there was another game last Sunday. It was kind of a small game between Kansas City and the 49ers, uh, the Super Bowl, whatever, whatever. Uh, And Kansas City won. 49ers made some mistakes. Kyle Shanahan is, you know, having some rough time because I think he was calling the plays when New England beat Atlanta. When Atlanta had like a 25-point lead. And then they had a lead on Sunday, and then they lost – but, you know, Kyle Shanahan get better. San Francisco's going to get better. They have a really good front office and all that stuff. Um, 49ers just got away from the run. They uh, That's the thing with the Super Bowl. Sometimes with two weeks off, the coaches, you know, they all want to become a genius. And they, they outthink themselves and they want to install so many new wrinkles and they kind of self-scout themselves too deeply. And, um, yeah, so... Shanahan kind of coached like old Andy Reid, too conservative. And, um, you know, so we learned Patrick Mahomes is really, really good. We we forgot collectively because Lamar Jackson has such a good year. But um, Patrick Mahomes reminded everybody, you know, this new generation, these, the, it's, it's all the, the it's going to be a lot of powerful black quarterbacks. It's a new era. You know, you got the Deshaun Watson. He's amazing. Lamar Jackson is the probably the most athletic. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. Even Dak Prescott is, like, really good. Uh, Russell Wilson is playing strong, you know, so it's a different era. You know, I, I remember back in the days when the Redskins had Doug Williams, and it was such a big deal. And, you know, there was so much, you know, systemic racism and 
deficit thinking regarding can a, te- a black quarterback lead a team. And so now we see that they're breaking that barrier. Now we got to see it with the coaching. It's a shame Eric Bieniemy didn't get a coaching job. Um, and the Giants hired a special teams guy. But, you know, I think Belichick might have finessed the Giants so they don't take away his Josh. Uh, I forgot the guy's last name, the offensive coordinator. But I digress. So the Super Bowl was a great game. Kansas City did the prettiest offensive shift I've seen in a long time. Probably I've ever seen. The Cowboys used to do a pretty uh, pretty shift in the 80s. The offensive line used to get up and get down. And, often, you know, the running back and the H-back would move around. But when they did that spin, that was beautiful. And then they did like a, you know, unbalanced line. That was a beautiful play. So it was a great game. But the New York Jets will be back uh, better than ever. I'm predicting a great season next year for the New York Jets. Sam Donald's going to get it together. He's going to stop kissing dirty girls and not get, uh, what's that thing he had? Mono. Yeah, he's going to stop kissing dirty girls at the club. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's getting his legs back. And um, we have some few injury issues. So, uh these guys are going to start going to their planet fitness and uh, getting their life together and getting strong and doing their push-ups and saying their prayers and taking their vitamins like the Hulkamaniacs. So that's the New York Jets report. Um, looking forward to enjoying the rest of basketball season. I'm a, I'm a LeBron James fan, so I, I guess by proxy or what have you, I'm cheering for the Lakers. Um... And so, yeah, football season's over. Now let's get ready to basketball season. Unfortunately, the Knicks has been like, the Knicks is terrible. I wish I could buy the Knicks, dude, or layaway or something, bro. This James Dolan guy is the worst. You know what they did? These bumbalongs. They had like a half-court shootout. I think in L.A. or somewhere in the West Coast, they gave a guy 100000 for getting in. The Knicks gave this guy $1,000 in Lotto Stretchies. <laughs> he probably gave him a, a Lucy cigarette and, uh, and a quarter water, too. The Knicks need help. So we'll do some basketball reports. Um, maybe, I don't know, the Nets need help, too. We'll just call it basketball report. All right. Let's take a break. Trying to do right. Thank God for my kids and my lovely wife. The life I used to live, I had to leave it alone. Cause my backbone was about to get it alone. Was a man to gain the world and not share. Everything I went through helped me to prepare for the day that I talk like this. And I'm sure that Jesus walked like this. It's a facto, exacto. We write my rap flow. Come as you are, I'm posted up at the back though. Yeah. All right, fam, for this last section, I hope you like that Snoop Dogg song. It's called Grateful. I think you're going to get it on Amazon. And that's who sponsors this podcast. Amazon Prime Music. No, I'm going to play. But yeah, you can only get it on Amazon. So in this last session, allow me to like spitball some ideas. I hope you give me the freedom um, to share some things that perhaps you could connect the dots on your own because you're super smart. 
only the smartest people could find this podcast and actually listen to it. Um, and for the few people I know that listen to it, you guys are incredibly b- bright. So allow me to share some things I've been looking at without giving you the what, so what, now what format. So some of the things I've been looking at is like the power of proximity and uh, herit- like kind of heritage, uh, genetics, and, you know, genetics, DNA, and, and spiritual DNA. And that kind of goes back with proximity. So I've been looking at the 12 disciples, and most people know that um, Andrew brought Peter, right? Because, oh, he's an Andrew, he brought somebody powerful. So Andrew brought Peter, that's one set of brothers. And then we know the Sons of Thunder, James and John, right? Um, Zebedee. So James and John, and you got Andrew and Peter. And then some people feel like Simon the Zealot, right? Now, you have to understand, these are like fishermen. These are political figures, tax tax collectors. So Simon the political zealot, right? And Simon will probably be like somebody like an Antifa type of person, right? Or a Tea Party type of person. You know, I don't want to insult nobody. So Simon the zealot, some people say, was related to the disciple Thaddeus. And James the Less... And that's the worst nick. That's the worst nickname any anybody. I hope you know. I don't want nobody to call me Ed the Less, <laughs> um, James the Less, and uh, Matthew may have been brothers too. Some people feel. And then Dowdy Thomas. They don't say who his brother is, but they call him like Didymus, which means twin, right? So he had a twin brother. And we know about Moses and Aaron, and who else is brothers in the Bible? Sisters, Cain and Abel. Moses and Aaron, uh, what's her name, Martha, Martha, and Mary, uh, there's a bunch of siblings in the Bible, um, Isaac and Ishmael, Rachel and Leah, Jacob and Esau, um, Lot's daughters, you know, so there's a bunch of siblings in the Bible, um, and then Moses had a sister too, Miriam. Right, so I just wanted to share, like you know, it's it, it's even Jesus' brothers, Jude and uh, James. That's why they call him James the last. Yeah, Jude and James uh, were Jesus' brothers. Obviously, I said that. So there's something about like siblings and heritage, DNA, and so if you're part of a family that serves the Lord. Pay attention to that, right? And, you know, even if your families are, are pre-Christians right now, they don't go to church yet, what have you, different families seem to have some gift mixes, right? And I know in the urban setting, we always talk about generational curses, and and unfortunately, uh, the probability of, like, your grandfather going to jail and your father going to jail. And, I, and, and the thing is, I know some people where the generational curse stopped with them, right? My brother Pete. His grandfather went to jail. His father went to jail. Right? His grandfather, his family moved him out of Puerto Rico not to be in trouble. And he got in trouble in New York. And then Pete's father, they moved him out of New York to go to Puerto Rico to get out of trouble. And he got to jail in Puerto Rico. And then they moved Petey back to New York. But Petey, he broke the curse. And he was like, you know, this nonsense stops with me. And Pete had a, a, a wonderful experience with God. And Pete's an amazing person, and he's a chaplain, New York City chaplain. He's been married many years, over a decade. 
He's a, a great dad. He's about to get his degree in college. He has a great city agency job. And so he, you know, that curse stopped with him. And now when you see how like audacious and gregarious and smart Pete and Natalie's children are, you realize like, okay, this there's definitely some um, DNA and, and DNA of destiny in, in their bloodline. And so I just wanted to share that with you. And it doesn't mean it's automatic, right? So Aaron had like four sons and two of his sons, they they sacrificed the Lord's strange fire, right? And I'm not going to get into strange fire and emotionalism and putting extra on the people of God or whatever. I'm not going to even get into that, right? So, but they, they have strange fire, right? They try to take shortcuts and what have you. They, they, and then I believe like in Leviticus, the other brothers, they couldn't even mourn, right? Because God was so disappointed and, and um, lessons had to be learned. And so the other two brothers, let me see if I can find it. The other two brothers, they had to do like these priestly sacrifices and they didn't, they didn't want to, I guess they didn't want to eat the, um, the sacrifice, I guess, you know, it didn't look appealing to them. It was burnt or whatever. And Moses got mad at them, you know, and Moses rebuked them. And then Ab- and then Aaron had to jump in and, you know, rescue his sons um, because they didn't want to eat the remaining offering. So Aaron almost lost four sons in a short period of time um, because of, like, rebellion and them not completely understanding. You know, not every great pastor is a great dad and not every great CEO is a great mom and not every great doctor is a great grandpa, right? So being an amazing parent is a calling, is a choice, and it's a, it's a discipline and it takes commitment. But I just wanted to emphasize that, right? Mo, like, you know, these four dudes, Moses is their uncle, right? Moses, big time. Don't get bigger than Moses. And then Aaron's their dad. Don't get much bigger than that. But something stopped with them, right? And, and um, even we know the prophet Eli, right? Samuel came on the scene because Eli's sons were rotten. And then Samuel's getting older. The, the people of Israel are like, yo, your sons ain't, ain't got it. They ain't got that unction, the function. They, we want a king. And Samuel was mad. A lot of Samuel's beef with with uh, Saul, there's some some human emotion behind it, right? So I just wanted to share that that even if, as you go to church, right? I'm the ministry I'm part of, Victory Outreach. They do a great job of talking about like eternalizing their vision, and we have a a, a, a a shared DNA of destiny. And so even I'm reading this business book, and it was saying, and and I'm gonna like shorten it for you. He was stating in his business book about the survey Heritage Institute found that churchgoers are more likely to stay married, um, more likely to have high levels of satisfaction in their marriage, have happiness, have social mobility, and get out of poverty. Uh, what else I'm looking at? Helps against suicide, out of wedlock births. Now, you and I know church is not perfect, but in 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 comparison, 
to uh, people who don't go to church, especially if people go to healthy church, is there's less depression, higher self-esteem, more happiness, um, and strength, and um, health, right? And even though religion feels incompatible with modern life because it seems almost, it's hard to, for people to wrap their head around faith. It seems like delusional. But he's saying that if the above results came from a trial of a new drug, right? If a new drug was able to keep people married, s- slow down suicide, increase uh, happiness, uh, raise people's social mobility, he said they would add that drug to the tap water. But because we don't know how it works, we should not be blind to the fact that it does. So we may not know the power of family, the power of spiritual family, the power of geography and community, but there are certain aspects that work. So I want you to extract the good aspects of your family, the good aspects of your culture. I'm not telling you to make idols, right? But I'm telling you to understand that there is a a shared sense of destiny and you were born for a reason. So like I know that in my life, right, my parents were really bright. My mom and dad are really bright. My mom was really clever, really creative, uh, audacious, outgoing. And my dad is super sharp and uh, awake, aware, and alert. And he picks, he learns things really fast. And so I understand that, you know, there's an aspect of that that I have to take care of and I have to build on and I got to pass on to my children. So, yeah, I don't know how you're going to connect those dots, but, you know, think about your family. Think about having more of a dynasty mindset and, and you know, ha- seeing your whole family win, right? We could, more, we could all eat if we all move our feet, right? And seeing our whole family win. And then think about your uh, seeing, passing on good values to your children. It's not going to happen by default. It's going to happen by design and intentionality. And then also take advantage of the strength of your spiritual community. All right. So um, how long was that? I chihuahua, 11 minutes. So I just wanted to share that. That's been on my heart. Maybe you can make sense of that. But if you have siblings and family members that are struggling you know, you may want to be the Andrew in their life and bring them to God and, and help them uh, uh, tap into their full potential. Because I think as you help them, there's something in you that will rise up as well. All right, have a blessed one. Hope you enjoyed episode 12. Be blessed, stay cool. Realize that God loves you more than you can fathom. You may have, you're stronger than you think, and you may have more allies than you realize. Peace. Let's go together into the inner place, into the holy of holy. Let's receive them.
Anointing, let your Shekinah glory, let it fall down. 